Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch. Fastball pulled and Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. Craig Kimbrell is a Chicago Cub. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball today. It is Thursday, May. I don't want to have to look down. May 6th. It's not May. Oh, it's June. That's right. It's June. I messed it up <laughs> that badly. It's June 6th. Wow, I should have looked down to check the date. Uh, I never remember the mm-hmm. date. Very strange. <laughs> but it is Craig Kimbrell Day. Yep. How about that? Uh, we welcome you to Fantasy Baseball today. Cubs fans should be pretty excited right now. Pedro Strope owner should not be. But Craig Kimbrell, he's about <laughs> 90% owned. And we'll obviously talk about him. I got two other closers, two other relievers that uh, could become closers soon, in my opinion, uh, that I, I want to talk to you about. Also, some deep league guys, some trade talk, and much more. You heard from Scott White. What up, Heath Cummings? Hey, how's it going? I think it's pretty good. Pretty good. good. Yeah. Good. I'm glad. How was your ice cream last night? It was delicious. <laughs> it, it, the mint mint chip banana combo is so good. Like, what in the world so oh, that was wrong the one with you? With. You <laughs> Listen, I promise. Just, just take a leap of faith. Next time you get ice no. cream. Get no a chance. scoop of mint chocolate First chip. First off, I don't eat ice cream. And it's, but. Okay, well then why am I taking advice from a guy who doesn't eat ice cream? Like, that's crazy, you communist. And the, I'm not uh, a communist. I don't know why I got <laughs> you. Uh, mint chocolate chip and banana yeah. combo is really, really good. I, I swear that they go together perfectly. Just give it a shot. Let yeah. me know what you think. No one's well, going this to. Was, this was a situation where you're getting one scoop of each, right? So yes. it's not like you were... Mixing them. One scoop of each, but I was right. having both of them in one bite, Scott. So I was oh, well, that's mixing them. Yeah. So you were mixing them. Yeah. He's a monster. I was. He's a monster. Heath may be a communist, but you're a monster. Hey, the Cubs bullpen could be a monster. Uh, you know, if, if Strope is right, if if Morrow comes back at some point, if C-Sheck is right, and now Craig Kimbrell, throw him in the mix three years, $43 million. Just real quick before we get into Kimbrell. Uh, Carlos Carrasco is out indefinitely with a blood condition. So very sad news yesterday. He's been feeling fatigued, certainly an explanation for his struggles. And they haven't released the condition, but they say they expect him back this season. Uh, But do you think Carlos Carrasco is droppable, guys? No. First of all, his struggles weren't that bad. And second of all, they expect him back this season. And he's going on the IL. Why would you drop him? Yeah, hey, I mean, man, I got a lot like, of players. Listen, on where, IL. Where I'm still in leagues where I only have two IL spots, and I think some of them Scott commissions. So I don't yeah. know that the IL thing necessarily makes it better. Um, I I put him below Clevenger, obviously below Luis Severino. Um, the one I struggled with with is Corey Kluber, and I've just got them back to back. But neither are in my top sixty starting pitchers rest of season. So I think it's going to depend on. How many IL spots you have, how deep your league is as to whether you're holding on to him. I hope he comes back. I hope he's just fine. But the struggles were pretty terrible. No, they weren't. They really weren't. His strikeout rate was great. It was mostly just home runs. He had given up too many of them, which caused his ERA to spike. But the rest was, I mean, he had some really great starts this year. He's had some. Why do we do this? I mean, why, why do we, like, Carlos Carrasco is obviously bad for fantasy owners. Like, let's not, you know, if you were starting Carlos Carrasco, uh, he was bad for uh, you. I understand that the underlying stats showed that there was, you know, he was still just 
really a victim of home runs. But the real fantasy stats, the real fantasy production was bad. I, I don't I don't agree. I don't agree. 10.9 strikeouts per nine innings. 498 um, ERA. We're not even talking Chris Archer here. This is 498. Yeah, I know. But ER, like ERA is so over. At a, at, a, at a time when pitchers so rarely go six innings. I mean, listen to some of these stars Carlos Carrasco's had. Five innings, 12 strikeouts. Seven innings, 12 strikeouts. Six and two-thirds, eight strikeouts. Seven and two-thirds, nine strikeouts. Seven innings, six strikeouts. Six and a third, six strikeouts. Six well, and a third. He's, like, he's four that's a lot of points. Four and six with a five ERA and a 1.3 whip. That's bad. Yeah, he's not even a top 50 starting pitcher. I don't even know if he's a top 50. I just 60. think you're oversimplifying it. I, I think uh, you want me to oversimplify I, I, it. He's he not even a, a top 60. In the leagues, but he was a fixture in my lineups, never considered sitting him. I, I understand that, uh, but he is, he, but, but that, but that's because of his track record, not because of how well he was pitching. I would that, agree I don't even think he's 100% top with Carlos Carrasco's performance was not bad enough for me to consider dropping him out of the ace tier. I would cons- agree 100% with Carlos Carrasco's peripherals were encouraging, and I still think he's a very good pitcher. I don't think there's an argument for Carlos Carrasco's production was anything other than bad. Yeah, not outside of the top 70 in fantasy points. So, Like, if you were outside of the bad. top 70, you are not good. Well, we won't beat a dead horse. Uh, Craig okay. Kimbrell. Craig Kimbrell, three-year deal with the Cubs. Uh, sort of a side note in this is they are using Ben Zobrist's salary to sort of help you know, free up some money. So I don't know that Ben Zobris is coming back, which could mean... I don't, I don't think he is. Yeah, so that's yeah, that's also sad news. Um, but but that means more plate appearances for Addison Russell and for David Bodie, I guess, who had a big day yesterday. Uh, but Craig Kimbrell, where do you guys rank him in your rest of season rankings? And I should say it's probably going to be a, about two weeks before he's closing games for the Cubs. Scott, you first, sir? Yeah, I have him... So among true relievers, I have him 12th. If you factor in the Sparbs, Brandon Woodruff, and uh, Tyler Glass now, I have him 14th. I may have him ahead of Glass now in Roto, but uh, obviously top five potential. I, I think too much has been made about uh, how he's you know not the same pitcher or whatever. His, his velocity was down one mile per hour on average last year, so he still averaged almost 98 on it. His season-long numbers were... Certainly in the range of being the top reliever in fantasy. The biggest reason he's that far down is because we don't exactly know when he's actually going to be on the mound. Uh, Joe Madden this weekend was asked in a hypothetical scenario how long it would take. He he said he thought he'd need like three weeks in the minors. So, you know, I want to see him back. I want to see him pitching well and make sure it's not going to be a Greg Holland situation where they hurry him and his command is all off because of it. Um. But top five potential, clearly, and you're you're going to start to get a payoff from that pick here very soon. Okay, Heath, anything yeah, to add? I've got him. I've got him. Basically, I agree with most of the things Scott said. I've got him ninth amongst relievers, tenth amongst all RP eligible pitchers in points leagues, and I I think there's a chance that he's as high as number two or three in six to eight weeks. Kimbrel, people might be concerned. One, because, you know, the Greg Holland situation, like Scott mentioned, Holland was signed on opening day last year, and then he was terrible, and he's been pretty good since. But, you know, it's not easy to miss this much time. But also, 457 ERA after the All-Star break. uh, Gave up seven earned runs in 10 and two-thirds during the postseason. 
I think the all, the post All Star break 4.57 ERA is a little deceiving. It was mostly a bad six game stretch, and then after that, he was really good, except for one non. He allowed situation. one hit September. Right, Greg right. Kimbrell he he turned things around. Um, but I understand people are a little nervous. You know, a lot of innings, I guess, last year with the deep postseason run. But what are you going to do? You, you, you're going to ignore Craig Kimbrell, obviously. He was number. He was the third best closer last year. He was the second best closer the year before. All right, Wednesday standouts. We got a lot more news coming up, and like I said, some trade talk. I'm going to try to grade your trades at the end of the show. I said that yesterday, and it didn't work. But I'll try harder today. Fantasy baseball at cbsi.com. Uh, let me ask you about Jimmy Nelson. Seventy-six percent owned. Got roughed up by the red hot Mar like the Marlins. You don't want to mess with the Marlins right now. Five runs, four <laughs> earned, and three innings, three walks, two strikeouts. He's 76% owned. Can we give Jimmy Nelson a pass? Should we hang on to him a little bit longer, or is he droppable? I don't want to drop him after one start. If you've went and added him based on almost nothing so far, I think you give him at least one more start. Listen, the the problem, and we talked about this earlier in the week, is we've really only seen Jimmy Nelson be good for like two-thirds of one season in his career. So he's going to have to show something relatively soon. But I'm going to give him at least one more. He's at Houston. Hey, who next are you going to drop him for? Mike Leake, you know, like right. Um, well, how, I'd how rather about... like they're, they're, his velocity was down two miles per hour from since we last saw him healthy. So, you know, if, if it stays that way, I could see it being a problem. That said, Mike Fultonevich's velocity was down for his first several appearances back from the DL, and then suddenly one day it wasn't. Right, and I said DL. Hopefully, he's gonna be better than Fultonevich. Well, Fultonevich is on the right track. His last three starts. I mean, the last one wasn't so good because he gave up three home runs. I'm spoiling my buy low here. Oh. so we'll we'll get into that later. Okay. Uh, yeah, Steven Strasburg started the year with kind of alarming velocity. That's back. So you don't make too much out of one start. I, th- you know, I think I'd probably drop Nelson for Nick Pavetta though. What about you? I'd I'd rather have Pavetta. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, how about John Duplantier or Nelson? Nelson. Hmm. That was a pretty interesting start from Duplantier yesterday. I think I'd say Nelson, but Duplantier deserves to be on the radar. That start against the Dodgers, just like Pavetta's was against the Dodgers. Yeah. And um, five innings, three hits, two earned runs, one walk, seven strikeouts. 11 swinging strikes, which isn't a great number, but he only threw 71 pitches. He had 77 pitches last time, and which was a decent start. So he seems to be pretty efficient. And of his 11 swinging strikes, two each on the changeup curveball and slider. So he seems to have that like varied arsenal that, um, you know, can can allow a pitcher to pitch deep. It was funny as he didn't throw any of those pitches very often, but he got two swinging strikes on each of them. So I don't know. I, he's obviously has a good minor league track record. Um, I think he's. I think he deserves to be on the mixed league radar, John Duplantier. And he's got two starts next week at Philadelphia and at Washington, and only twenty percent owned. All right, last thing I'm going to say for my standouts: uh, Jose Leclerc and Taylor Rogers. I think have a chance to become the primary closers soon for their team. I'd, I don't know. It, lots has to happen, but but Jose Leclerc in his last ten appearances has a 154 ERA, two walks, and 23 strikeouts in 11 and two thirds. Sean Kelly blew a save last night. Kelly's been good. You know, one blown save doesn't make a bad season. But yeah. Blake, Blake Parker was bad last night. So if you need saves, keep an eye on Taylor Rogers And Jose Leclerc is already 58% owned. But 
I think there's a chance he gets back into that that job. Um, Heath, how about a Wednesday standout from you, sir? Uh, I'll go with Vlad Jr., who had been kind of the subject of uh, conversations about Austin Riley's value and whether Vlad was uh, going to deliver on what we were hoping for this year. He did go deep last night against the Yankees, which I think counts as two. So uh, yeah. it's, it was good to see, and it was not necessarily – it was kind of uh, – like his dad a little bit. It wasn't necessarily a great pitch. Yeah, off a guy who had, had like 13 straight scoreless appearances or scoreless innings or something than Zach Britton. And he clobbered. You see that video? Oh, look at that video. Watch our video show it's on YouTube, CBS Sports. Look for it. Um, all right, so good. Anything you want to say about Vlad or just like, hey, good job. Keep at it. Uh, good job. Keep at it. Let's get that OPS over 800. <laughs> okay. Scott, you got to stand out? Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to decide what my favorite standout here is. I guess Martin Perez, not because he was good, but standing out in a bad way. Uh, four and two-thirds innings, six hits, two earned runs, two walks to one strikeout. And what's notable about that is over his last three starts now, he actually has one more walk than he has strikeouts. This is two really bad starts in a row for Martin Perez, and I'm afraid it may be a situation where the gimmick is uh, is no longer going to be enough for him because you know obviously the big arsenal change coming into the season he didn't really feature a cutter before and it's like his most thrown pitch this year uh and i'm thinking maybe the scouting report's gotten out uh and uh you know the element of surprise is no longer working for him he's gonna have to come up with something else yeah, yeah. So I, I am I am pretty close to dropping martin perez here same here he, he, i think he's the worst pitcher on one of my teams and the second someone a good, in fact, I'll look for John Duplantier right now and probably take that shot if he's available in this league. All right, we got a lot more to get to. I'm going to give some love to the people out there in deeper leagues that need some somebody. I got another pitcher that I think is pretty interesting right now uh, that you might want to take a look at. Talk about that right after this quick break on Fantasy Baseball Today. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. Nothing beats a weekend away with the family in the great outdoors, whether it's camping, hiking, river rafting, or anything in between. With third-row seating, nobody is left out. The entire family can experience the thrill together. And nobody wants a dead phone. Available dual wireless charging pads make it so nobody gets stuck and we can check our fantasy baseball teams together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Anibal Sanchez had another good start, and he is 28% owned, and uh, he probably headlines a list of deep league pitchers that uh, want to talk about. So these guys are owned in less than 30% of leagues. So uh, I guess I would say Duplantier headlines, but Anibal Sanchez, Sandy Alcantara, John Duplantier, Dylan Covey, I doubt we're interested in him, and Cal Quantrill might be interested in him. Paul Quantrill's son has two starts next week at San Francisco at Colorado. He's 8% owned. Uh, Heath, what do you think about Anibal, Alcantara, Duplantier, Dylan Covey, and Cal Quantrill? For me, Duplantier and Alcantara are the two most interesting, and Alcantara has really shown a little bit more consistency I think three of his last four starts now have been uh, better than we would expect from someone with his ownership. I think Anibal is fine, too. 
in that deep league sense and maybe should be owned in 35 to 40% of leagues, I have a little more hope that possibly Alcantara or DePontier could be not just viable in deep leagues, but good in deep league. So, Scott, how about yeah, you? Who are your favorites there? I, I'm still not sure there's enough strikeout potential there for for Alcantara. Um, and I, I think the second most interesting, the one who I perceive to have the most upside, I mean, maybe he may even have more upside than Duplantia, honestly, is, is Cal Quantrill, who's... Uh, you know, he had a great start before getting optioned, and then he's come back here because somebody went on the IL. Um, so two really good starts in a row. Seven strikeouts in five innings this time, nine strikeouts in six innings last time. And he had 15 swinging strikes, fastball, slider, changeup. It was, it was in that, that relatively even distribution of the swinging strikes that I like to see that we've seen, that we were seeing from Brandon Woodruff before he took off. Um, I think that's the makings of. Somebody who could step up and become, um, you know, a consistent six-plus innings guy. What about, okay, so S- Sanchez, I just want to say, last year, like, last year he had a 283 ERA, a 108 whip, and a strikeout per inning. It was a shockingly good year for Anibal Sanchez. That was over 136 and two-thirds. His previous start was six innings, zero runs, seven strikeouts at Atlanta. This start was five and a third, one run, seven strikeouts against the White Sox. Now, after the Atlanta start, I, I think it was I, I think it was his manager. I, I, it may have been him. I don't know. Somebody said, that's the Anibal Sanchez from last year. He's doing the same things he did last year. He's mixing his pitches. He's throwing low in the zone. So I just, I just want to bring that up. I know he's not going to pitch a lot of innings. Yeah. But he was really good last year. Stunning. All year. Never stopped, basically. So... All right, there we go. There's some deep league guys. Quantrill's he, interesting. He could be a more exciting version of CC Sabathia. Brian Anderson and David Bodie are two hitters in deeper leagues that might be available. Brian Anderson, his last 18 games, he's a 988 OPS. He's homebred in two straight games. And David Bodie doesn't play that much. He's 8% owned, but he went 4 for 4 with a home run and seven RBIs. Are you guys looking to add either Brian Anderson or David Bodie? I think Anderson's the most interesting because he was actually okay last year. In fact, good for most of the year. So yeah, I I don't I didn't hear you say what Anderson's ownership is. Twenty seven percent. But yeah, it's a little bit too low. Another guy, a deep league hitter that has kind of flown under the radar over the last two weeks or so, Keon Broxton, since he got to Baltimore, has basically played every day, has three stolen bases and three home runs. His average is going to be terrible. He's going to strike out too much. But if he plays every day, he's going to be a good power speed source. And yesterday when I wrote about him, I think he was six percent owned. Okay, cool. And I, this guy's not deep league, but I just want to bring him up again. Malik Smith. We keep saying Malik Smith's name. Three more, three more hits yesterday. <laughs> Is he 100% owned yet? I don't even know if he's 60% owned. I, I've, I've written about him like four days in the last two weeks. Come on. <laughs> I'll let you know. We talk about him every show. Would you guys just listen and add Malik Smith, please? Right? I mean, come on. <laughs> so last guy. So we have a cool segment on the Sunday video show. On Fantasy Baseball Today, CBS Sports HQ, 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Sundays. It's called the Wally Pip Player of the Week. And that is a guy that we think is going to get Wally Pip, going to get replaced. So my nominee for the Wally Pip Player of the Day, and I'll probably use it again on Sunday, is Austin Barnes. Is he getting Wally Pip by Will Smith, whose walk-up music is, in fact, the theme song to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Uh, Will Smith is batting 286 with two home runs in six games. 
Austin Barnes is on the IL and having a really bad year. Is Will Smith going to be the catcher for the Dodgers? And if he is, he certainly should be owned in more than, what did I say, uh, 9% of leagues. What do you guys think, Scott? Uh, I'm, uh, he may deserve to be, I mean, I don't know. I don't know the defensive comparison between the two. Obviously we don't care about that in fantasy, but it, it would uh, impact playing time. He's only been playing about half the time with Barnes down. Russell Martin's been playing the other half of the time and like neither of those are going away. Martin Barnes. I, I don't imagine the Dodgers are just going to DFA one of them. I don't imagine they're going to carry three catchers. So probably not. This is probably not going to happen for Will Smith. I'd like it to, though, because there is more offensive potential here than for Barnes or Martin, and offensive potential is rare at catcher. Adam, it sounds like Scott wants you to pump your brakes. Such a a Carlton Banks I think it's just the two of us here getting excited (laughs) about Will Smith. He's really been getting jiggy with it in the wild, wild west, and uh, I'm pretty excited. Oh my God! Did you were you like jotting down notes as I was talking? Like was that just totally off the head? How many references? Listen to a lot of Will Smith uh, in your childhood. No, I. I I guess my brain just doesn't work that fast. I don't know. (laughs) Like that was impressive. It was really good. Uh, I just dropped Martin Perez for Anibal Sanchez. By the way, thanks to my own hard hitting sharp analysis. That's that's a very good decision. Thank you. Thank you. News and notes, Chris Sale threw his second immaculate inning of the season. More on him later. Zach Greinke's start is being pushed back a day due to a stiff neck. Robinson Cano came off the IL, but he re-aggravated his quad. He doesn't think he'll need to go back on the IL, but we shall see. Please read the next thing. Don't skip it. (laughs) Please read the next thing in the notes. Please. Outdated note. Atlanta is not a finalist for Craig Kimbrell, according to MLB Network. Hey, that's great news for Luke Jackson. (laughs) He's the big winner here. What is so fun? Why are you trolling Scott? Because they didn't get Craig Kimbrell. I was kind of trolling Scott and kind of trolling you. And like when both of those Uh, opportunities present themselves, I just can't help myself. For leaving it in the notes? Yeah. Yeah. I probably shouldn't have done that. Cross section of trollage. You know. I'm very disappointed. I'm very disappointed in every contending team that needed relief help, which is almost all of them. I'm not sure I would have uh, given Greg Kimbrell I, a, a three-year deal for forty-three million dollars. That's a big commitment. I would have. I would. Like I was thinking, two thirty-five is what I was thinking would be worth. Would be a, a great contract. Like a, like every contending team should jump on two thirty-five. So you know, three forty-three. Um, I, I I don't think like. <laughs> It, it's it's not going to be the kind of investment that cripples your future plans. Like, have a little faith in your own creativity. Assuming Kimberly's even bad. This is like a $1 million per dollar raise from what he was making with the Red Sox. Shoot, why weren't the Red Sox doing this? I don't know. I, I, <laughs> he's not even that old. Yeah. No. I don't know. Uh, all right, Buster Posey's on the IL with a hamstring strain. Matt Strom's on the IL with a rib strain. Fernando Tatis is coming back today. Tommy Pham has missed, I think, five straight games, but he expects to play today. Adam Jones will avoid the IL. Mitch Moreland will likely be back tomorrow. Charlie Blackman started a rehab assignment. Aaron Judge could be back on June 29th. That's when they're in London uh, to face the Red Sox. Cesar Hernandez led off for the Phillies. Pittsburgh starting pitcher Rookie Davis is going to start on Friday. I'm guessing we don't have any interest in Rookie Davis, correct? No, let's wait. 
Has he when he loses his rookie eligibility, does he have to change his first name? <laughs> See that that wasn't as good as your Will Smith pick. D Gordon, Ryan Healy, <laughs> and JP Crawford are, I was... are expected to begin rehab assignments this weekend. Um all right, yeah. Ho- Jose Altuve ran the bases. You say Kikuchi's gonna start against the Angels on Saturday. He won't be in my lineup. Ramon Laureano, although I will say the last time you say Kikuchi had sort of a break, he had his best start of the season. He was throwing much harder. Ramon Laureano's 16-game hitting streak ended, but he did steal his sixth base. Scott, Ty Butchery was bad, and Hansel Robles was good. Just letting you know. How are you letting me know? I'm just telling. I'm just queuing you up just in case you wanted to say anything about Ty Butchery. Oh, well... I once knew a man named Lorenzo, last name Kane, like mine, only spelled differently, no E. So I went to see this Avengers movie. Not so new anymore. No spoilers, but, well, you don't need me to tell you it's no Dark Knight. They have a man made of iron, a man made of hammers, a man made of green muscles, and a Scarlett Johansson, who, of course, worked with me on the 2006 film, The Prestige. Before taking my seat, I sought out some refreshment from the concession stand. There was a young man behind the counter, no more than 16. He said to me, hello, Mr. Kane. How can I help you today? I said to him, I would like some refreshment, sir. He said to me, we have a value pack, Mr. Kane. You can get the popcorn, a soft drink, and your choice of candy. I said to him, all I really want from that is the popcorn. But now that you bring it up, a soft drink, would be lovely. He said, well, sir, we, I, I should let you know that we've made a change here. We no longer hand out plastic straws with the soft drink. We hand out paper straws. I said to him, that sounds terrible. He said, yes, sir. One thing you could do, sir, though, is you could take, you could use your candy selection on the strawberry flavored Twizzler. You take a bite off each end. You put it into soft drink. It works just like a straw, probably lasts as long as the paper straw, but without the bitter aftertaste. Or, sir, what you could do is you could use the candy selection on the, the chocolate candy, the M&Ms. You mix them in with the popcorn. <laughs> All right, Scott, let's you get, <laughs> get to the, the punchline. You get the milky surprise with every bite. <laughs> Doesn't that sound lovely, Mr. Kane? I said to him, no, sir, I prefer my popcorn buttery. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Uh, yeah. That was a new one. Uh, impromptu. Very good. Although you've obviously been working on that. That was good. All right, Lorenzo Cade left with a jam thumb, but he expects to play today. He was also robbed of a home run by Harold Ramirez. Oh, man. Wade Davis is nearing a return. Shinsu Chu was hit by a pitch on the wrist. X-rays were negative. Nicky Lopez batted seventh yesterday. He's been in a slump. They moved him down in the order. He's been terrible. He's 24% owned. Nicky Lopez. Uh, Ryan McMahon is 41% owned. He has started three straight, five of the last six games. He'll probably still sit against lefties, though. But Ryan McMahon it looks like the normal everyday, uh, not everyday, but the primary second baseman for the Colorado Rockies until they get the southpaws back on the schedule. Uh, the World Series of Poker. Poker fans out there, it's the 50th year of the most popular poker tournament in the world. You can have a front row seat to the bracelet events with CBS All Access. Starting now until July 16th. 
You can live stream the final tables of 33 of the WSOP bracelet events, including 25 events that you can't watch anywhere else. The bracelet events include the $100,000 High Roller and $100,000 Six Max. There's going to be a showdown of some of the biggest names in the game. So listen, the stakes are high, the tension is palpable, the winnings are huge, and you can watch all of the events online or through the CBS app. Here's what you do. You go to cbs.com poker or download the CBS app on your phone or your streaming device. You can get a free trial. So go to cbs.com poker or get that CBS app on your phone or your streaming device. Let's take a break on Fantasy Baseball today. When we come back, we got some hay real quick, and we got uh, some trade talk for you and much more. We'll be right back. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Here's today's edition of Hey Real Quick. Hey Real Quick, Michael Conforto or David Peralta? Michael Conforto. Yeah, I'll say Conforto too. Sounds like they're close. <laughs> like we've just I, I feel like it's would be way off brand for us to give David Peralta the credit he deserves. <laughs> exactly. He's good, right? I mean he's he's good. Well, I mean look at look at the disparity in batting average here, three hundred versus two fifty one, and yet, you know, Conforto has a big advantage in OBP, and the slugging percentage is almost the same. Like I feel like David Peralta, this is him basically maxing out his abilities, while Conforto probably hasn't, and he's pretty close. Yeah, well, Conforto's walk rate, I don't know what it was last year, but 35 walks, 52 strikeouts, and 52 games. So that OBP is really impressive. 251 batting average, 381 OBP. All right. Hey, real quick. Dansby Swanson or Didi Gregorius? Dansby Swanson is the number... Four? No, um, it's Ravel Devers I'm thinking of. I'll get to him in a second. Swanson's like the number seven <laughs> or eight shortstop in fantasy. Uh, Didi or Dansby? Yeah. Dansby. Yeah, got to really? be Dansby. Especially since it sounds like, at least in the, at the start, they're going to sit Didi Gregorius every series. That's That's the plan Aaron Boone was laying out for him. So I don't know how long that's going to last. We've seen that it's taken... Uh, it's taken a while for Corey Seager to kind of get his his stroke back, his power especially, uh, returning from Tommy John's surgery. So, you know, I mean, well, I Dansby think- Swanson, like, you, you could make the case Dansby Swanson's had bad Babbitt luck. So if you buy the power breakthrough, like, there, there's no reason to really be unhappy with him. No, I, and I think that there is, like, regardless of what type of injury it is, when you start playing – Major League Baseball in the middle of June and everyone else started in late March, early April. I think there's a very decent chance that Didi Gregorius is just bad. Yeah. Now, I, I, he'll be good eventually, but we, it may be a month of just really bad, like kind of like what we've seen with Aaron Hicks. Yeah, Hicks has been awful. Hicks also kind of hurt his back again yesterday, but he appears to be okay. Hey, real quick with third base now. Rafael Devers, who is the number four third baseman in points, number two in Roto. Devers or Jose Ramirez? 
I I would take Jose Ramirez, but not with a great deal of confidence. I'm I'm basically buying the breakthrough from Devers that we saw mostly in May once he got that fly ball rate back where we're used to seeing it from him. Uh, then the other gains, the strikeouts and the walks, you know, they 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 worked well together to make what make for what seems like a breakout here. But at the same time, I mean, you're still talking about first round upside for Jose Ramirez and not a clear enough reason why he's dropped off. Uh, it does seem like pitchers are pitching him differently, putting it so that, you know, that that keeping the ball out of his wheelhouse, basically putting it on the outer part of the plate and he's struggling to adjust to that. But like, you know, even if he's doesn't have the power from last year, he just ends up having the power from 20, 18 that was still basically a first round caliber hitter it wasn't as good as last year's but that, that like last year's was insane all right, right. so you're taking jose yeah, it, it's going just, to get better i was just going to use jose ramirez as my buy low again oh yeah um so absolutely i would take ramirez over devers um we were having a, like we were having a conversation about ramirez and riley and i think a third of people might take riley right now so i would uh I'd, I'd take Ramirez. Well, let's transition right into our trade talk. Buy low, sell high, buy high. Okay, Heath, uh, you want to continue. Why is Jose Ramirez your buy low? I think there have been some signs over the last few weeks that things are starting to get a little bit better for Jose Ramirez. And as bad as he's been, he still has 15 stolen bases. So I do expect the power is going to come back, not all the way to the level it was in 2018. Obviously, the lineup's not quite as good, so the run production won't be quite as good. But I really just don't think there's enough there in the profile to say, okay, Jose Ramirez is just bad now. I expect him over the rest of this season to be a top eight, top seven, top six third baseman. And I think he might steal 40 bases. Scott, who's your buy low? My buy low, as I mentioned earlier, and I just want to point out, I am prepared for this sentence. Yes, it sounds good, yeah. Got some heat on Twitter for not being prepared for this I heard you took some heat over not being prepared. I hope I didn't yes, have anything to I do with that. I can't imagine. I can't imagine why that would happen. But I, I am here to talk about Mike Fultonevich, who, uh, it, like, as I mentioned earlier, his velocity started showing up again uh, three starts ago. That was six innings, two earned runs, three strikeouts, not bad. He followed that up with six innings, no earned runs, seven strikeouts, very good. And then I think we were kind of like, we got a chance to extend the buy low window with his third start, which was five innings, no walks, eight strikeouts. Oh, good, right? But he gave up three earned, he gave up three home runs, so it ended up being five earned runs. He's not going to give up three home runs every time out. That's probably uh, as bad as it gets for a good Mike Fultonevich, and I think he's good again. I mean, his his even though he gave up the three home runs, his slider got a ton of whiffs. The velocity was still there. Um, it kind of reminds me of when Chris Sale showed signs of getting on the right track, and then he had. Can't remember who it was against, but he had one terrible start that was like, okay, well, use this as your last chance to buy low. And I kind of feel like we're at the same point with Mike Fultonevich, which isn't to say he's Chris Sale, but he should be pretty good. All right, Jose Ramirez and Mike Fultonevich from Heath and from Scott as buy lows. Heath, who are we selling high on? I'm really, like, I've gone back and forth on this guy three or four times, I think, on the podcast in the last few weeks. But, like, David Dahl, who I said 
two weeks ago, could be getting ready to go on a hot streak. He did go on a hot streak, thanks mostly to Coors Field. And I, the other thing I said was, but he's not going to maintain a 440 BABIP. <laughs> well, he actually had a 500 BABIP <laughs> over the last two weeks. And I'm still really concerned about what's going to happen when that normalizes. I think you can get someone to look at David Dahl's season stats and just see an absolute monster, almost a 300, 400, 500 guy. I'm not sure that I would expect him to be a top 25 outfielder rest of season. So I'd be looking to sell high. I, yeah, I'm very invested in David Dahl. The one thing I do like right now, though, he has three strikeouts in his last six games. That, that has improved, yes. Not enough. Yep. It's not enough for me to be like, well, he's not striking out right now. But I guess if we even go back farther, it looks like over the last like 12 games, his strikeout rate has gone way down. Maybe. Yeah, you know it's what? Been I, can, I can. I can it's, even get a. It's been better, better, and I and I think he has ground to make up in the home runs. Like I think he's underachieved from that standpoint, in in a way that I expect him to do better. So, Babbitt progression is you know going to come. Batting average is going to come down, but if he counteracts it with more power, I, I still think he might be pretty good. So he, his, if you, if you were going to sell, contact has not been as good as it's been in previous years. If no. you were going to sell but David Dahl, sorry, uh, what would you be looking for right now? I would, this is, maybe we can just cause some controversy, but um, I would <laughs> still rather have Mitch Hanniger. Wow. No, I would too. Really? I would too. And I think you could make that trade relatively easily. Uh, seven strikeouts in his last 60 plate appearances for David Dahl. So that's encouraging. With, with that I'd rather have habit. Victor Robles and Roto. Uh, yeah. I mean, Victor Robles has been nothing but some steals. He's, you know, it's been pretty bad. You can't be concerned about Dahl's strikeouts and not Robles' strikeouts. His Robles. I'd rather have Benintendi. Oh yeah. See, that's a that's a trade I would do for sure. In fact, I might. <laughs> that's I, I that's might probably the that. best one you've yeah. suggested. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, that seems like a pretty. Uh, sorry, Scott. Go ahead. Sell high. Sell high. I have Jake Odorizzi. Uh, I could have also gone with Austin Riley here, but I think we've probably beaten that horse dead and back again. Um, yeah, Jake Odorizzi, his fastball velocity is up a mile per hour and a half, which is good. It's probably the one thing you could point to and say, oh, he's definitively doing this better than the past, than in the past, throwing his fastball harder. And it's gotten a ton of whips. His fastball's always gotten a ton of whiffs, though. The, 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 the whiff rate on that really isn't much better than the past couple years, when obviously he wasn't very good. He is still one of the most extreme fly ball pitchers in the majors, actually more extreme than a year ago, and yet his home run to fly ball rate is half of what it was last year. So I, I think regression is coming. XFIP and Sierra would say the same. They have him with about a four ERA. Obviously, it's sub two right now. Uh, I, I think just given the state of starting pitcher, yeah, he's must own. But if you can use this opportunity to upgrade, I think you should take it. All right. So David Dahl and Jake Odorizzi is sell high, guys. By the way, speaking of beating a dead horse, Heath, how'd you love going into halftime last night? Gonna take my horse to the old town, right? Yeah, I know what? you like that. They played it on the broadcast, going into halftime, or do they play it all the time? <laughs> and you thought about Heath, Old what, Town Road. He hates halftime? Old Town Road of uh, the NBA game. What are you talking about? There's no, there's no, there's no baseball halftime. I don't know what you're oh, talking sure, about. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, buy high, <laughs> Heath. Who are we buying high on? 
I'm going with the Beebs. Uh, he ha- it's coming off a very good start, and I'm buying it. His Sierra and XFIP actually better than his ERA. The strikeout rate has been much better than even what I expected coming to this year, almost 30%. He's throwing his curveball, his slider, and his changeup more often than he did last year. The four seam is all the way down to like 45%, and that's good because he has a very good whiff rate on the curveball, the slider, and the changeup, and not so great on the four-seamer. I legitimately think he might be a top 15 starting pitcher rest of the season. Shane Bieber. Okay, Scott, buy high on. Mike Miner, who turned in another excellent start yesterday. Five and two-thirds shutout innings, seven strikeouts, 18 swinging strikes. He's had at least 18 in three of his past four starts. Like the Arsenal is playing up in some pretty impressive ways here. Uh, I am a little concerned that he's been inefficient recently, not pitching even six innings as often, but I I think he's going to be a good strikeout pitcher, and I think he's going to limit walks, and his game log shows that he has the the leash to go seven innings if he can be a little more efficient. I don't really see him falling off from here. I I think he's legit, and I think people are hesitant to buy into it because he hasn't been this good ever before. Do you rank any Cubs pitchers ahead of Mike Miner? I don't think so. Lester, uh, you know what? Hendrick. Hendricks. Hendrick. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about Hendricks. And I think I still have Hamels ahead of him. Okay. I I may take, I may actually have minor ahead of Hendricks. Come to think of it, but it it would be close. The others, the others wouldn't be close for me. All right, guys, let's take a break here on fantasy baseball today. Last break of the show. When we come back, start, sit or drop for some pretty interesting players. Fringy starting pitchers. We haven't talked about John Means yet. He's been pretty good. He has two starts next week. Um, You complete me. We had some complete games last night. We got some streaking hitters. We got to talk about James Paxton and Herman Marquez. And I will try to grade your trade. So stick around. We'll be right back on Fantasy Baseball today. Welcome back, everybody. You know, I haven't I haven't played a lot of music lately. I got to try to work some some drops in there. Welcome backs and and whatnot. But start, sit, or drop is the category here. And here we go. Jake Arietta is first up. He now has a 4.29 ERA, a 1.43 WHIP. He's good. He's bad. He's good. He's bad. He's good. He's good. He's bad. He's bad. He's annoying. Uh, start, sit, or drop, Jake Arietta. I'd be willing to drop him. If there was something interesting out there, um, yeah, I don't. I know. Yeah, when he when he's good, he's not great anymore. So yeah, I do want to drop it. him. That's it. All right. W- would you be willing to drop Fulton? Or, sorry, Fulton Arietta for like Plezak, Pavetta, uh, Duplantier, some of the pitchers we've talked about this week. Yeah. If if I if I thought a pitcher out there had the potential to be a real impact pitcher, I would drop the boring, you know, hopefully eat some innings without terrible ratios guy for that. Yes. You Darvish, start, sit, or drop. And he's 84% owned, 43% started. So, you know, it's kind of an interesting kind of an interesting guy to talk about in this sense. You Darvish, guys, start, sit, or drop. He's a sit. Yeah, it's it's probably best. I'm I'm between sit and start as opposed to sit and drop. Like yeah. he's he's been trending the right direction. He's just still the walks are just still a little too high to trust that he's not going to um to really hurt your ERA and whip. Next week Darvish is at Colorado and at the Dodgers, so 
That's a sit for me. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Maybe a points lead. Maybe a points lead. Like, if he has, you know, a 6 ERA, 1-5 whip, it, it won't necessarily lead to negative production at a points lead. Now, uh, everybody on this list, by the way, is owned in like 84% of leagues or more. Will Myers, start, sit, or drop? A home run and a steal yesterday, but he is the number 67 outfielder in points, number 48 in roto. Start, sit, or drop? Will Myers. He might be the number 67 outfielder on the Padres. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I, I, I can't. Like, this is encouraging, and he could do enough over the weekend to make me consider starting him in roto next week. But right now, mm. I would call him a sit. Five outfielder Roto, I'm not sure, you know, with that power-speed combo, I'm not sure how you could do much better in your lineup. That said, probably unusable in a points league. So there's there's a distinction in format here. Byron Buxton, 84% owned. Starting to hit a little bit better lately. Home run, three RBIs, and a strikeout yesterday. He has 10 steals on the year. Byron Buxton, start, sit, or drop? Did you hear everything that Scott just said about Will Myers? <laughs> yeah. Right. Any league that counts deals, you uh, have to keep Buxton. Yeah, no, I, I might I might call him a start even in points leagues, the way he's his, the power has been coming back uh, recently. Fly ball rate is way up this year. Home run to fly ball rate is still down from last year, so I think maybe there's more ground to make up with the uh, power, and his strikeout rate's way down. So I, I think he might... I'm hes- like I'm not totally on board with the breakout like way and with Rafael Des- Devers, but Buxton is showing real signs of being better than he's ever been before. Yeah, as yeah, someone who owns, I, oh, I'd start him in Roto, sit him in points. As someone who owns De- uh, Buxton in a points league in our podcast, points league three outfielders, one utility. I don't want to start him primarily because he bats ninth, and that's just bad in points leagues. But I will not drop him because there are enough encouraging things. Uh, that you know you might be giving he, up a really good player. He's probably not a top fifty outfielder in points, right? I'll check for you. Talk to me about Domingo Santana. Ninety percent owned, sixty-one percent started. Two for five of the home run yesterday. He's the number thirty-six outfielder in points, number eighteen in roto. But it, I mean, Domingo Santana is still kind of hanging on to that very hot start. His last forty-two games, he has a seven-ten OPS with a two-ninety-three BABIP. So it hasn't really been super unlucky. Uh, Domingo Santana, start, sit, or drop? Start. If I'm in a three, if I'm in a points league, I'm probably looking to upgrade, but it would be hard to sit him. What was it? It was a 7-10 OPS over the last how many days? Hold on. Will Myers is the number 48 <laughs> outfielder in points leagues. I can't do everything at once. It was a 7-10 OPS in his last 42 games out of like 60. I th- like, I do think he's going to be a little bit streaky. But he's also got like an 830 OPS in his last 15 games. So I think it just depends on how you chop it up. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, Tim Anderson, 95% Owen. Start, sit, or drop? Drop. Not in a Roto League. Really? Not in a Roto League. He's got 15 stars. I'm... Wait, what happened? Why are, why are we saying drop about Tim Anderson? I'm not in saying points drop. drop in, in points drop, you're probably starting him as a middle infielder. Why? Are, hmm. Well, he, he has he has really been... His last 30 games before yesterday, he went one for four with two strikeouts. 30 games before that, he had a 390 slugging percentage, a 712 OPS. He's like, he's, he's hitting like crap yeah, again. But, 
I, I, I don't know. I, uh, I, I'm trying to remember what it was I saw on his line that made me move him up in my rankings recently. Because like, yeah, maybe I didn't give enough credit for this. But I can't remember what it was. So that makes for an awesome discussion. <laughs> no, I, look, Tim Anderson, I, I, well, he was a top 12 shortstop in Roto last year. He was not worth using in points leagues. I do kind of worry that he, yes, he's that last bad. year. But this year, all right, let me pull up his page. And So this year he is, okay, so strikeout rate is way down. Um, 368 BABIP obviously is high, but he should have a high-ish BABIP. Like he's, he's like maybe a 290 hitter. Um, that's just going to be better than last year. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's definitely better than last year. I just like uh, maybe a two ninety hitter for a guy that's been a two sixty hitter. I, and he got off to an incredible well, start, but he's been with a mostly bad. A guy who was twenty twenty last year, but hit two forty, and obviously doesn't walk at any at all. What what makes it tricky from a points league context is you have only the shortstop and utility spots where you can play him, and there are a ton of other shortstops to play. But I would take Tim Anderson over like Marcus Simeon. Um, you know, it just depends on what you're dealing with there, I guess. Start, sit, or drop Nick Markakis. 86% own Nick Markakis. Bye-bye. Drop. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't need to hold on to him, but I'm the I'm a perennial Nick Markakis underrater. <laughs> but you're never wrong upgrading from Nick Markakis, but I don't think you're ever wrong playing him either. He's just, it's just an as needed as needed basis is how you use Nick Markakis. So, uh, that sort of rhyme. That was cool. Markakis last year had a great year for Nick Markakis. He played 162 games and he was the number 12 outfielder in points leagues. Very good. Number 30 in Roto. So, I don't see how you really need Nick Markakis in any categories format. But in points leagues, he's better, but he has been slumping. Uh, he's basically had four bad weeks in a row. All right, fringy, yeah. star- fringy starting. But, you know, it could just be a slump. could just be a slump. He, was, he got off to a good start. Okay, fringy starting pitchers. These guys are available in about half our leagues. John Means, Spencer Turnbull, and from means to an ends <laughs> of Kevin Gosman, who's been just awful lately. Uh, John Means, Spencer Turnbull, Kevin Gosman. If you see them on your waiver wire, are you looking to pick up any of them? Turnbull is interesting. This wasn't a very good start against Tampa Bay. I think it's pretty clear that John means business in a points <laughs> league. Um, and I don't know why anyone would roster Kevin Gosman. I think the yeah. least skilled of these pitchers is Means. Um, yeah, just don't see like he's 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 had a lot of bad bit luck. He doesn't have a lot of swing and miss potential. He's been the best. Any pitches so for the war, right? Um, yes, which is why I phrased it the way I did. Well, I, um, yeah, probably. Turnbull's been pretty good, too. but yeah, I, I mean, Turnbull has kind of been coming back down to earth for like it hasn't been a crash and burn situation, but several starts recently where it's just kind of like, eh. Oh yeah, Turnbull has one like, quality if, start if, in his if, last six. If he wasn't worth starting, if he wasn't worth rostering in your league prior to today, I don't know why you'd be choosing now to pick him up. I guess is what I'm trying to I'll say. I'll tell you why, and Scott. Then Gosman, obviously. Spencer Turnbull has Kansas City and Cleveland next week. 
Okay. Could do worse. Yeah. Two-star sleeper. Could there do you worse. Go. Yeah. Uh, you f- wrap it up with a five-second thought on Gosman. I'm still keeping an eye on him. I, obviously not worth rostering now. Nobody's going to pick him up, but he's he's doing different things that should be leading to better You're out results of time. than they have. Yep. Ne- next segment is uh, you complete or almost complete me. Let's talk about guys who threw complete games or almost complete games on Wednesday night. Chris Sale, nine innings, three hits, no walks, no uh, no runs, and 12 strikeouts. His last eight starts, he's got a 232 ERA. 86 strikeouts in 54 and a third and a .77 whip. Hot take, Chris Sale is back. The other guys in the You Complete Me section. Joe Musgrove threw eight innings, started the ninth, gave up two home runs, and then he left. But before that, it was eight innings and one run ball. It was a very good start for Joe Musgrove, who's 75% owned. He said he watched some video, he fixed his mechanics, and he got better results. Mike Leake. Uh, complete game, one run against Houston with five strikeouts. And Jason Vargas. Now zero or one earned run allowed in six of his last seven starts, but typically pitches like five innings or so. But this was a complete game shutout against San Francisco. So sale is sale, but in terms of Musgrove, Mike Leake, and Jason Vargas, Heath, did anything kind of open your eyes yesterday? Musgrove is the one that's interesting to me. I just like to see him do it more than once, but it because <clears throat> he was the most interesting of these guys coming into the season. He had been terrible as of late, but if he found something wrong and corrected it, I'm willing to give him another chance. Okay, he's 75 percent on. Does that mean you're not really interested in Leak and Vargas? Uh, no, I'm going to wait until Mike Leak has a two start week against good matchups to tell people they should add him, so then he can give up nine runs in the first inning, and I can look stupid. Scott, I got two streaking outfielders for you that are kind of hot right now, and they are streaky, and they're both 53% owned. Jay Bruce for the Phillies, Randall Gritchick for the Blue Jays. Do you want either one of these guys? I would be more likely to pick up Bruce. It'll be interesting to see how the playing time plays out there. The Phillies obviously running out of outfielders, and Bruce has made a strong first impression on them. Uh, So I think yeah, it's it's obviously a better scenario for him than it was in Seattle. They need him more, the Phillies do, and it's a better park. So uh, I, I could see him finding his way back into mixed league significance here. To the rotation, a six-man rotation from yesterday. Rank these three starting pitchers. James Paxton, Erman Marquez, Charlie Morton. James Paxton, Erman Marquez, Charlie. Yeah, this is tough here. What do you guys think? How would you rank them? Paxton, Marquez, Morton. Yeah, that's the way I've had it, I think, most of the season. Um, It's definitely guys moving in different directions. This was a really weird start from Herman Marquez. He was, like, extremely efficient his first four innings and then gave up a three-run home run to Bodie, and okay, whatever. He goes back out in the sixth and just could not locate at all hit two batters walked a couple given up hits and this was a start away from course so i'm a little discouraged by that i'm very discouraged by paxton's innings so far this season i'm gonna leave it in that order for but like it's on notice this could be changing after the next their next turn through the rotation and morton two straight starts of seven innings but 87 and 83 pitches just like blake snell they don't want morton going deep into games he's usually a six inning pitcher. In fact, those are his only two starts. His last two is only two starts of seven innings this year. So I don't think you don't look at the last two starts and be like, oh, he's a 
innings eater. He's not. He's awesome, but he's not that. Uh, by the way, Charlie Borden is a top five starting pitcher in fantasy right now based on scoring, and he has the second longest unbeaten streak in baseball in terms of starts behind Clayton Kershaw. Now, he rank- should probably be ahead of those guys. But he, he has a bad – look, so does Paxton. But Morton does have an injury history. I'm wondering if he's a sell-high candidate because of that. Because last year he was pretty bad, I think, at the end of the year and pretty hurt. I've noticed Heath has been more aggressive with his starting pitcher rankings than I have this year. Uh, or at least, you know, at least on the high end. It's, it's interesting. Like, high end, he shuffles those guys around a lot. And then kind of the middle tier, I do a lot. So I don't know. I don't know what that means. Hmm. I find yeah, it. I'm just trying to think like if, if Charlie Morton misses five more starts or five starts the rest of the season because of injury, like there's probably at least five more times I'm not going to want to use Herman Marquez because he's at cores against a league average or better offense. Mm-hmm. Good point. I, I, yeah. I mean, I've never sat Marquez this year, I've never sat Morton either, but. Marquez has been a little disappointing. It's it's at least worth talking about. Yeah, the strikeout rate. Paxton, way down. I'm. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. Obviously, his four innings last time he was fresh off the IL and like he hardly threw any pitches. Like he didn't have a rehab assignment, so you could understand him going four innings last time. And you know, this time he struggled with his control a bit, but the stuff was still good. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not willing to change my opinion on Paxton based on this most recent start. When I said the strikeout rate's way down, I was actually talking about Marquez, not Paxton. Uh, you know, it's still like about a strikeout per inning, but last year it was well over that for Marquez. All right, finally, guys, rank yeah. these three: Kenta Maeda, Brad Peacock. Brad Peacock actually is 33rd in points, 28th in Roto at starting pitcher, and Mike Miner. Maeda, Peacock, Miner. Miner. That was a great team name. Minor Maeda Peacock. Um, I'll point out Peacock's slider was the best it's been all year in this most recent start. Had a season high 13 swinging strikes total, not just on the slider total. So you said minor. Not a very high. You number. said minor Maeda. I'll Peacock. go uh, minor Peacock Maeda. I'm trying to think of the team name that would be Maeda Biter Peacock. Okay. So thank you for that, guys. Let's do some grade the trade to finish the show. We got a few minutes left here. This is a dynasty league. Keep eight players. I'm in second place. Offered, I was offered Jose Ramirez for my Max Scherzer. It is a dynasty league. Would you do that from Matt? No. Seems like an unfortunate combination of names. Um, I wasn't listening to the question. Sorry, would I was you, thinking about the team name. Would you give up Max Scherzer <laughs> for Jose Ramirez at a dynasty league? I would not, no. Okay. Uh, Gray the trade from Zach. First-time emailer. Hey, Zach. I recently traded Javier Baez for Garrett Cole and Caleb Smith in a 10-team categories league. Gray the trade. Hey. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Well, wait a second. He's getting Caleb Smith. Yeah. These aren't in the notes, are they, Adam? No, they're not. I'd rather have Garrett Cole than Javier Baez. So Caleb Smith's just a a throw-in. Yeah, it's a win. Uh, from Ryan, he's got Shane Green, Hector Neris, Ken Giles, and Craig Kimbrell, so he traded Kenley Jansen for Sibder Guard and Alex Gordon. That's bad spelling right there. Kenley Jansen for Cindergaard and Alex Gordon. It's another A. Great job buying low on Cindergaard. This is another A. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey. From John, 10-team head-to-head, head-to-head league. Didn't say categories or points. Three outfielders. Give Machado and Soroka. Get Acuna and Colome. Machado and Soroka, Acuna and Colome. A plus. I'm not even sure you needed Machado in the first place. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think that Colome could get traded and be useless soon. But still, like... Right. You're Machado, our, I would do that so trade you, just for Acuna. Machado and Soroka for Acuna, then. I mean, Machado and Acuna have both been kind of disappointing this year. I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's not an A for me. You probably win it, but it's more like a C plus. Acuna has been a lot better than Machado. Like, maybe I've missed a terrible, terrible slump for. Yeah, he's got an OPS over 800. That's a lot better than Manny Machado. Acuna oh, what's Manny Machado's bases? OPS? Like 740. Acuna actually yeah. is number fifteen in points, number nine in roto at outfield. He's so you're Machado you're down. Is, you're like you're like Machado. This is who Machado is now. Where like he's not that great of a player anymore. Well, he's now. I the debate. We the question is the fact that he was this hitter away from Camden Yards, and he is this hitter now. Does that mean that is what Manny Machado is? His strikeout rate is up significantly this year, so I don't think the, it's just a product of the environment. And the home run pace, like, he's on pace for, like, 30 homers. So, you know. If he plays 185 games. Okay, we, uh, let me, one more, yeah. one more grade the trade. <laughs> he's not going to play that many games. This <laughs> is from Mark. Give up Nelson Cruz and Mike Soroka for Aaron Nola in a 16-team points league. This will allow me to activate Didi Gregorius without dropping anyone. I would give up Nelson Cruz and Mike Soroka for Aaron Nola. I don't know if I like that one. Uh, B plus. Aaron Nola. I mean, yeah, it's not it's not really buying that low. Um, but I, I'll go I'll go C. I'll go C plus, I guess. Thank you very much, Mark, for your email, for all of your emails. Thank you all for listening. Thanks to Scott and Heath. I'm Adam Azer. Back on Friday with another edition of Fantasy Baseball Today.